Welcome back to the Snack Walls Podcast. I'm Mike Roberts, your host, and we're here to talk about increasing and maintaining diversity in tech beyond the perks. While companies think they can lure people in with unlimited PTO and dogs in the office, we're here to talk about how you keep them. All right, I'm going to throw it over to our special guest today. Can you tell us in a few sentences who you are and what it is that you do? Hey, Mike. Uh, my name is Manuel Martinez Herrera, and I'm the general counsel at BearCloud. BearCloud is a, a tech company, a B2B SaaS company that specializes on what we call SaaS ops, which is basically helping you manage, uh, secure, and discover your SaaS applications. Um, so management and security of SaaS applications, applications in the cloud. I also head the diversity initiative at BearCloud, which is a passion of mine. Um, second time I was at, at a previous uh, B2B SaaS company. I was also heading diversity. And uh, in an interim fashion, I'm also the head of the security team while we're recruiting a new uh, CISO for the company. Nice. Just got a lot of hats, but <laughs> security is real important because that's that's something that you don't want to let you know get away from you. So I like that. Um, Definitely not, but I'm, I'm anxious to hire someone <laughs> for that, get out role. Of that role. Yes. <laughs> so I'm hearing from some leaders in tech that finding diverse talent is a challenge. What are your thoughts? Um, it's definitely a challenge, but uh, it's a challenge we have to take full front and, and try to not make it a challenge by working on it and uh, having different strategies to make it easier, right? It is definitely true that uh, historically there's a bunch of positions in tech that are very heavily white male dominated, uh, especially I would say on two camps, sales and uh, engineers. But um, we've seen some success uh, by doing different things, right? Uh, so we can talk about those things. It is a challenge, but that doesn't mean you don't have to just wave your hands and say, there's nothing I can do about it. To the contrary, you just got to work on it and make it, make it better. Absolutely. So tough, but there's some solutions out there. So mm -hmm. we'll hopefully we'll get into some of those. So um, what do you think about the push to remove the requirement for CS degrees for some of these software engineering roles? What are your thoughts there? Um, wait, sorry, CS, CS degrees as in? Computer science. So oh, a yeah. lot of companies, I'll give you an example, like Tim Cook came out and said, you know, Apple is no longer going to have a company-wide um, requirement for yeah, yeah. CS degrees. No, I so, I I think that's. I think that makes a, actually a lot of sense, right? At the end of the day, engineers, um, they have to show that they can code and do whatever they need to do. But many of them are self-taught. Many of them are, have learned uh, working somewhere else. So I don't see. Um, I don't. I don't see that as a, as a need, right? For example, a good friend of mine at a previous company. He used to be a lawyer, and then he self-taught himself to code, and now he's a very successful engineer at a very big. Uh, B2B SaaS company, right? So um, I think that is a great move. There, there's definitely sometimes a uh, barrier of entry um, through the requirements in the job description. So anything that can be done to uh, to improve that helps. At the end of the day, what we care about is someone that is able to do the job, right? How they learn to do the job or where, it shouldn't be that important. Yeah, again, it's about aligning um, how you source the talent with what you actually need them to do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the degree sounds like it's not as relevant. So what do you think about uh, apprenticeship patterns? Do you think an apprenticeship pattern would work for a tech role? I think there's a lot of, yeah, I think there's a, that's, that's a very good avenue um, to kind of help with these barriers of entry, right? And one of the things 
We've recently created a diversity council uh, within the company. Then we also have been creating some ERGs, employee resource groups. One of them is called Chocolate Rain, which is the one for our uh, Black employees. And they're trying to put together some initiatives around um, training and apprenticeships for, um, for, black, for the Black community. And through that, maybe potentially they, would, they could become interns and then employees of the company. So, so we're working, not me directly, but our ERG chocolate brand is, is have some ideas around that. And some of the members have done it in the past in other companies. So definitely it's the type of job that you can learn um, on the go, right? Or, or by yourself or someone teaching you is not like, unfortunately, to be a lawyer, you need to have a, uh, a law degree because you have to take bar. There's some, some things you you're required to do by law, uh, but it's not the same for an engineer, right? There's nobody saying you have to have a degree in order to be able to code. Yeah, there's no standardized test. So fortunately, <laughs> or unfortunately, depends yeah. how you look at it. But I like that chocolate rain. I like that. That's a great, it's a great name. Yeah. Pretty good. Look, our name is very cloud, right? So it's all related to a cloud. Um, then we're working, um, we have Rainbow Mafia, which is the LGBTQ uh, group. And then hopefully soon we have another in the works called uh, Curry Cloud, which is for our um, South Asian uh, community. Nice. We actually have an office in Atlanta and we have a big, um, a big contingent of uh, Indian uh, engineers uh, that work from our um, uh, Atlanta office. Nice. So what advice would you share with companies that are looking to retain diverse staff? So we've talked a lot about acquiring them, but mm-hmm. what about attracting um, them? What about retaining that staff? Yeah, it's uh, definitely very important. Uh, so ERGs, I think, help a lot, right? Creating a sense of community and having a group of people that share similar backgrounds and interests and they get together, they organize events that we see as a, as a way of doing that. I think what has, uh, well, I think what is working at our company is um, we're trying to do this two ways, top to bottom, bottom to top. So from the top to the bottom, from the bottom to the top, um, starting with the first one, making clear this full executive leadership support for um, diversity. And we've done that several, several ways. A, kind of having an executive, in this case, me, um, in charge of a diversity program. B, creating this diversity council with representation from every office and every uh, department. And making sure this is part of our OKRs, right? As a company, having um, diversity and inclusion OKRs. But then the bottom to top, also super important, having these grassroots uh, teams or ERGs that are created organically and, um, and help create this sense of community. And then both ways in which we're trying to bring speakers and education, community events um, on a regular cadence. And we think those things, I mean, it's kind of uh, in the infancy, but we've been doing it for a while now and we think those things are helping. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if folks are staying and they're sticky, then you know it's working. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's a good sign. Um, who is someone like yourself that you'd like to acknowledge as a leader? I mean, you've taken a lot on at your organization. So um, that you think might be a good potential guest on a podcast like this. Yeah, I, I can give you um, two names. So my previous company, I was at Namely, which is another tech company that does HR uh, payroll benefits software. So we did the same. We created a diversity council. Um, there were two people on that council that when I left kind of took it over and, um, and they've done an amazing job. And I actually, when I was starting to do the same at Better Cloud, I re- uh, reached out to them and say, Hey, how are you guys doing? What is it that you guys are doing? 
Their names are Michelle Jarmon and Erin Ritwiger. I can shoot the email later because uh, her last name is a little hard to pronounce for me. Um, but they've been doing amazing things at Namely. Uh, they created this, um, this speaking series called Speak Her Mind for, um, for women in tech uh, that have been really popular within the company and they brought really nice speakers. So I think that would be great guests, either separately or together uh, for one of your episodes. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't done two yet, but you know, maybe we'll put them on the radar. We'll see if we can get them on the program. <laughs> so I like that. Um, where can we find out more information about your company? This is a great time to talk about anything that you guys are working on. Yeah. So um, obviously our webpage, verilaud.com. Uh, we actually are having our user conference uh, next month. Uh, it's called Altitude. Um, I don't remember right now the webpage for Altitude, but if you Google Veracloud Altitude, you get all, all the details. And it's we're kind of the pioneers of the what we call the SaaS ops uh, movement or industry. Um, and we're doing really interesting and exciting things, helping people, again, discover, manage, and secure their SaaS. We think everything is moving to SaaS, or most companies are moving everything to SaaS, not, not to be on-prem. Um, and the same challenges that you have when you were on-prem, now you're going to have them in the, in the cloud, and you need someone to help you manage and secure your SaaS applications. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... Uh... You know, the problems don't, as people like to say, they don't go away. They tend to just be kind of like new and innovative as well. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and we'll, we'll throw um, altitude in the show notes. So everybody will be able to find that pretty easily. So that's awesome. All right. Here's the most important question. What are you snacking on lately? What's your favorite snack? Ooh, I'm a big, um, I guess I don't know if it's a snack or not, but I'm a big cookies guy. I just love cookies, um, especially what? chocolate cookies or double. And if you want names, I'll tell you some of my favorite insomnia cookies. I really like. I don't know if they. Uh, you're in San Diego, right? I don't know if they. Uh, they're in I'm San in Diego. San Diego. Yeah. Uh, Levine cookies, also from New York, amazing cookies. Okay. Um, and then there's milk from Momofuku guys. Uh, yeah, I, I, okay. I, I'm, I'm allowed into cookies. <laughs> well, those are pretty fancy. I'm like a, you know, Mrs. Fields kind of guy where it's just, you know, got to get it warm when it first comes well, out. Uh, from the, if it's more like from the supermarket, then I really like the Paul Newman's one, which are like kind of a, fun, a little fancier Oreos. Um, they're yep. really good. Yep. Those I love are those good. Guys. All yeah. right. So now we know Manuel's like the, the, the cookie layout for us. Yeah, it's, it's well known among my friends. It's my thing. Awesome. So we got a couple minutes left. Uh, we could do one of a couple of things. We could either end early. We could, uh, you could talk about something else that you're working on. You could ask me a question. What would you like to do? Yeah. I want to learn more about your, um, your tool or what you guys are doing. Yeah. So we have been kind of innovating in the code school space for a little while, and we now have a registered apprenticeship program in California. So the state oh, nice. has come in and said, this is acceptable. <laughs> and at this phase, we basically bring people in, we hire them, and then we put them through our traditional code school curriculum. And then we get them working on projects for um, enterprise, you know, mid to large size companies. So we love uh, service now work. We do quite a bit with like service portals. Um, and then in addition, a lot of C sharp in San Diego. So we kind of have a C sharp team that goes out and kind of helps with a lot of the stuff that's in the middle of the backlog. So for companies that are, you know, they've, they've got a team that's going after the, the top of the backlog and taking care of customers. We like to like surprise and delight the folks that have been waiting for have their tasks in the middle of the backlog complete. Right. So that's we can awesome. some internal and some external teams. So how, how long have you guys been doing this? So we got approved just as the pandemic hit. 
So we had to do sort of a double pivot. We had to pivot away from our traditional um, classroom training and go online. And then we had the green light. And so now we're like, okay, now we're super excited about being able to hire people and give them an opportunity where they otherwise might have been challenged in order to create the time and space in their life to learn how to code. Not everybody has the privilege of being able to just kind of put everything on pause for six months to a year yeah. and you know fly to San Francisco and pay $20,000 for a code school. So we wanted to provide you know more access and opportunity for folks that are traditionally underrepresented in the tech space. So women, um, we've got lots of minority um, folks that are in our... Um, so I'm, I'm just super excited about giving people that otherwise might not have this path or option the ability to get it done very quickly, right? So we can transition someone from very little experience with a computer to ready for day one on the job uh, with a year of experience under their belt um, in a year, right? Inside of, uh, you know, 12 that's, months. That's amazing. Yeah, no, I, I, sounds really good. It's good. Awesome. It's really good stuff. Well, thanks again, Manuel. I appreciate you coming on the program today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been great. Awesome. The San Diego Code School is a proud sponsor of the Snackwalls podcast. The San Diego Code School is leading companies to tech equity. The Tech Enabled Apprenticeship Program is a venture whose heart is to do a lot of social good and do good work. You can help San Diego Code School secure funding for change by hiring developers, bringing a team in to relieve your backlog, or becoming a program sponsor. You can visit us on the web for more information at http colon forward slash forward slash sdcs.io. 